Okay, that's what the construction Lindsay proposed, well, is that the idea that any of this Let me just read another freaking critical race theorist to you, and okay, this is your definition. Here's another ten minutes of James Lindsay reading off his phone. I am filibuster where you read And misunderstanding all of the quotes he brings up to. Delgado book. I want to understand what it is you disagree with about his definition. He read Delgado's I am based honk to get that. That one's gonna play really good on the memes later. We're gonna post that one to Twitter, everyone will get it. I said honk. Oh boy. This is going to be horrifying, I assume. But you know what? Jangles is so good. So, how bad could it be? Would you describe it to a friend? Oh, for, well, I mean, there's two answers with this, and I would hope that we would get past level zero of the conversation where people... James and Z's actual Justice Warrior? No. So, we have actual Justice Warrior right here. Uh, we have James Lindsay here wearing the I Am Based uh, t-shirt, so that'll be easy to identify. This is Jangle Science Lad, and then uh, I'm unfamiliar with this individual. Stop talking about the obscure, like, legal theory Sweet, that's thanks, taught Kevin. in high-end academic institutions. Flaming like, now, I'm a lawyer too? Sweet. Okay, we got multiple lawyers. About today. What we're going to talk about is how some of the, like, ideas on how to educate future generations from critical race theorists have trickled their way into education. And, like, I believe people have different terms for it. They'll call it, like, woke studies or whatever. But this idea, the idea that we'll have, like, white privilege, um, like, uh, I forgot what the word is, mixed in with the curriculum. Or uh, we'll teach kids about, like, the, the, they're like, we'll have kids obsess about oppression versus oppressor dynamics and all that. Like, in terms of, like, the legal theory, I just want to agree right off the bat that we all agree that the legal theory is not what we're going to be talking about and what is being taught in the K-12 through schools. Do we, do we all agree with that, that the legal theory of critical race theory is not what we're, not what the debate is about? Yeah, and it's also a weird way to frame the debate. It's like, so, we're going to talk about critical race theory, but we're not actually going to talk about critical race theory. We're going to talk about everything we associate with critical race theory without actually talking about critical race theory because we're not talking about critical race theory. Because that's not being taught in schools. But it is being taught in schools, but we're not talking about it. You see how it's oh, so hard? You. We've not had a debate on critical race theory yet because we don't know what it is. Or at least we don't know what people mean when they say it. Because critical race theory is a very esoteric academic theory that's kind of boring. It's incredibly complicated. But at its basic idea, it holds that race is a social construct, one born of power, not based in biology. So it says that basically... You tell me if this is a Marxist idea or not. It holds true that all men are created equal. All racial groups are created equal. And therefore, if we see vast disparities and outcomes that we see from these racial groups, there must be some sort of policy that is keeping people from being the individuals that they could be. Race is something placed upon individuals that keeps them from realizing the American dream. And that's what critical race theory is. But we have to get bogged down into like all these things that people associate with it because it's been associated with basically any weird race stuff that you see in school is now critical race theory. So it's a hard topic to talk about because we're never talking about the same thing. So it is very important to like define. You know what? I just thought of a really simple, concise way of trying to explain it to someone. See if this works. That race is a social construct. However, people have race imposed upon them in society they are characterized as racial groups and treated differently because of that there are differences in how power is exuded upon them 
because of this. Race is imposed upon people. That's the way to explain it. That's that's how I'm going to explain it from now on. It's the imposition of race upon people. By these uh, concepts that we're talking about. James, do you have any um, disagreement with his definition, his proposed definition? Um, sort of. I disagree that it's complicated. It's extraordinarily simple, as a matter of fact. It looks like Lake Superior, but it's about as deep as a mud puddle. It's, you want a definition? For- <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Definitely had that joke written out on his phone, ready to go. <laughs> Didn't land. <laughs> okay, so um, probably going to open with a banger. Yeah, how do I slay the audience on this one? Well, why don't we... Yeah, I think uh, I think for this one I'm gonna use the mud puddle. Yeah, yeah, that'll get him. I'm based. Critical race theory. I'll give it to you in two words. It's race Marxism. That's all it is. <laughs> it is the division of society into stratified. Okay, you know what? This pleases me. I don't watch a lot of actual live uh, James and Z. I just see him constantly getting ratioed and clowned on on uh, the twitters. So it's it's neat to see that James Lindsay in person is just as confused as James Lindsay on Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's refreshing to say the least. I'd situation where race is taken as the central construct for understanding inequality. That's a direct quote from Gloria Ladsden Billings and William Tate IV in their paper Toward a Critical Race Theory of Education from 1995. So it is a study of the stratification of society through a Marxian lens. I will prove that to you in just a second. So uh, (laughs) it centers race in all understanding of inequality. So while you gave a good insider's definition, it's not complicated at all. It's pit whiteness as a form of bourgeois property, and the people who have access to that against people who are ex- said to be excluded from that as whiteness as property is Cheryl Harris, 1993, uh, where she says in particular among its property rights that whiteness carries, uh, that whiteness has the uh, fundamental right to exclude. And so the, the, con- the construction... This is the rights academic expert on CRT, by the way. Just, just so everyone's clear. Or the claim is that race was constructed by white people originally from Europe so that they could exercise privilege and power and maintain it for themselves over people of color. This is a social stratification theory. When- what do you think slavery was? What, what, do you think, what do you think was going on there? Did you, did you think it was imposed or was it a volunteer system? Did, did you think people wanted to be lumped into groups and then treated completely differently based on those groups? James? When it's said to be that these people are held in conflict with one another, now we have a social stratification theory combined with a conflict theory. And uh, when it's said to be done in order to figure out uh, fundamental inequalities or to understand inequalities so that those can be redressed through redistribution of resources and access, which we call racial equity in this case, then you actually have a Marxian theory of race. That's what critical race theory is. But let's not belabor the point. Let's just read their <laughs> definition from their own book, Critical Race Theory and Introduction, by Richard Delgado, one of the founders of Critical Race Theory, who, by the way, at the founding conference in Madison, Wisconsin in 1989, said that they were a bunch of Marxists meeting to discuss if... Holy shit, the gish galloping is unreal. They had anything to come in common to talk about regarding race and law. 
but they were Marxists. And they wrote Even the way he's sitting, oh, this is also by design. If you didn't know this, he's really big on intentionally manspreading as much as possible. Like, don't get me wrong. I think manspreading being an issue is a completely, like, you know, liberal impulse thing. Uh, yes, it's definitely going to change uh, the structural power that uh, oppresses people. But at the same time, he's he loves just trying to take everything. He's like, he's just basically triggering the libs, the person. Like, that's that's what he's consistently trying to do. Wrote this book with his partner Gene Stefanczyk in 2001. What is critical race theory? On page two, the critical race theory movement is a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. The movement considers many of the same issues that conventional civil rights and ethnic studies discourses takes up, but places them in a broader perspective that includes economics, history, context, group, and self-interest. There's your false consciousness part, by the way. Another, that's a neo-Marxist idea. And even feelings and the unconscious. That's why they read your mind. Unlike traditional civil rights, because it's not like traditional civil rights. Unlike traditional civil rights, which embraces incrementalism and step-by-step progress, which if it rejects those, it must... Oh, okay, so I love how he came prepared with, you know, documents on his cell phone to be able to make the appearance that he knows an incredible amount on critical race theory. And yet, I've never seen a better example of someone not understanding any of the words that he's saying out loud. <laughs> he's just trying to reinterpret them into his version of this. Must be revolutionary, which is what all Marxian theories are. Critical race theory questions the very foundation of the liberal order, including equality theory, because it prefers equity. Legal reasoning, because it sees the law as a construct to maintain whiteness and to exclude access to equal protection under the law for certain races. Enlightenment rationalism, because it sees that as a white way of knowing, as opposed to the kind of structurally determined ways of knowing of, from, from people of color that are determined by their position, called social position or positionality, against these social constructs of power relevant to race that were created by white people in order to maintain their power and privilege over other people, and also the neutral principles of constitutional law. Just to be clear about our subject today, the second paragraph, although critical race theory began as a movement in the law, it has rapidly spread beyond that discipline. Today, many in the field of education, today is 2001, many in the field of education consider themselves critical race theorists who use CRT's ideas to understand issues of school discipline and hierarchy, tracking controversies over curriculum and history and IQ and achievement testing. So just so we're clear, CRT is not being taught in American schools at like, you know, the high school level. It, uh, this is something that was previously being taught in law school, for example. It, again, like Jangles described, was an incredibly esoteric law theory, uh, at which point now they've taken this and put it and thrust it into the culture war. So now we have this really strange environment in which, oh, wow, they're teaching CRT in schools. And we don't know what CRT truly is, but I've heard it's bad and evil. Both these things are happening at the same time. Political scientists ponder voting strategies coined by critical race theorists. Stacey Abrams is in this book. You just didn't know it. Um, let's see. Where did I go off? Uh, ethnic studies courses. This is an important point at the end of the paragraph. Ethnic studies courses often include a unit on critical race theory in American studies departments. Uh, teach material on critical whiteness studies developed by critical race theory writers. And here's the key. Unlike some academic disciplines, critical here's race the theory key. contains an activist okay. dimension. It not only tries to understand our social situation, but to change it. In other words, it directly in the second paragraph of the book on page three paraphrases Karl Marx's dictum for a social theory. It's race Marxism. It's as deep as a mud puddle, as broad as Lake Superior, because all it does is use a bunch of rhetorical garbage to make people think it's complicated so you'll pay attention to it. Speaking of rhetorical garbage, did you notice how he would read something out from the book and then define what it meant for you? 
That's one of the reasons that we're having such a hard time talking about this. Instead of listening to the critical race theory show, oh, bravo. we want to discredit bravo. critical race theory. This is better. So this is the Better Discourse Conference, wouldn't you rather hear these ideas explained in their best possible light with the best good faith effort to understand Fuck the yeah, strongest jingles. position? And then critique that, because there are definitely critiques okay, of Justin. critical race theory. There are definitely critiques of this uh, theory, because there's critiques of any sort of theory. Where? But instead Where? of like, reducing it down to Where? race Marxism... Where? One of the reasons- Name a critique of this theory in the academic literature. He just talked for like 10 minutes uninterrupted. Come on. Sure. Because it's outside fi- of like three law articles from 1998 well, because, and nine. Sure, here's a really good critique of it. One, if there is a lot of a discussion within it, so they have a hard time. If you wanted a big critique, they're of all it's internal like, critiques. They all oh take God. on the fundamental assumptions that race must be the fundamental so construct for understanding all inequality. So he's doing the thing where he's trying to tell you wh- what I'm saying, as and he, to do it, he's interrupting me. So and I you are talking to the it. audience and not to me. Yeah, and then you interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I know. He started by talking to the audience, and then all of a sudden, he's like, you must address me. This is happening, okay? Don't make me pull out my cell phone. I have other quotes. Me to let them know what I was so, actually saying. Well, Mike me, didn't so get I, to get his can definition. I, can, I, can, I, can I finish I that one point? Book. So one of the biggest critiques well, is because I read it from the book. Because yeah. He's going to actually speak at some point. Uh, so one of the biggest critiques of it is because it's about critiquing, it's about uh, deconstructing a lot of ideas, and that's not a bad thing. It's good to take a critical eye to certain positions. Like, that, like there are problems with colorblind laws. Like there's a lot of uh, examples in history where there was a colorblind application of law that nonetheless had a very very bad uh, disparate outcome between racial groups. Like for example, like uh, for a lot of like the the Jim Crow laws, they treated the races equally because you had to stay on your side of the line no matter what race you were. And that's like that's not treating races differently. But obviously the effect of that was to deny black people the opportunities, the economic opportunities, the uh, housing opportunities. I think he misspoke there. It is a different life way, but that, that was like considered in any way an equal opportunity. In what year did that become illegal? In what year did that become illegal? Well, a long time ago. However, we still have modern examples of that today. So, for example, like there are a lot of uh, laws that are passed against like multifamily. Wait, is that the whole like, well, Jim Crow was a long time ago, so... Come on. We can't talk about it now. It's not like there's ever been any, you know, uh, generational reverberations from Jim Crow laws. They, they just kind of they just kind of disappeared and then everything became equal. That's that's how this works. Family dwellings uh, in certain residential districts. And that might be a, a fine colorblind idea. But it, what it does, it uh, excludes predominantly people of color into moving into like, basically just mobility, into letting them like move out of. Uh, places where they might want to move out of and into other places. Wait, so, is, that a, is that a discrepancy that's based in their racial category? Is it a discrepancy that's based in economic status that correlates strongly with their uh, race? Because if it's an economic issue that correlates with race, it's an economic issue. But if we take, again, Gloria Ladsden Billings explicit, it, again, I can quote the paper, Critical race theory exists to make race the central construct for understanding inequality. It's a direct quote from Toward a Critical Race Theory of Education, 1995. Hold on, hold on. If that is what's going on, what we have is a case with the univariate fallacy being applied, where now everything that's a discrepancy, a disparate outcome, must be condensed down to being understood in terms of race. Now, you even said this in your definition. You even, when you gave your... Um, we have logical fallacy. Uh, it's happened, everybody. The commitment of a logical fallacy has been soyed. So, the univariate fallacy. Uh, not a typical logical fallacy you'll hear talked about, typically because it's used in mathematics. <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know the univariate fallacy. I'm going to tell you, in relation to this argument, it does not apply. 
This is a statistical phenomenon where it's possible two multivariate distributions to overlap along any one variable, but it can, clear, uh, can be cleanly separable when you look at the entire configuration space at once. This is perhaps the easiest way to see with an illustrative design. Categories overlap and projected into any one dimension, but in a cleanly separable 3D space, we can see that they align. The denial of the possibility in argument of the form the distribution overlaps along this variable, therefore you can't say they're different, is sometimes called the univariate fallacy, or as the proposed, the covariance denial fallacy or the cluster erasure fallacy. It's not one you'll usually get in those posters you get for debate bros, you know. Like, you know, I believe you've committed uh, the univariate fallacy in this uh, debate. Uh, that's, that's not logical. Your definitions. Only use your definition against Critical you race now. theory looks at race. Who would have thought? Of course it's going to play. No, 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 no. Because it's, it the, it's makes the variable race, we're looking at. No, it makes race the central construct for understanding inequality. That's a very different thing than to say... From the analysis of... Gosh, oh, critical race theory. It's not saying that's the only vector. It's saying if we are to analyze, like, analyze this from this perspective, then of course that's the purpose of doing it that way. Y you get that, right? It uses race. It uses race because that's what the variable that we're it looking at. It uses race Michael, as talk. the determinant no, no, variable to this. all inequality, which is a bogus analysis. That's a kind of... <laughs> I can't believe James is doing this. So he genuinely thinks that because critical race theory specifically looks at things through the lens of race, that by definition, it suddenly says that race is the only variable for inequality. That's that's actually what's happening right now. It's a, a yeah, of course it's a bogus do. analysis. On what basis that's why is that, that a bogus true? analysis? I didn't hear you, sir. On what basis is analyzing oh. inequality through the lens of race a bogus analysis? No, no, only when... through the lens of race. Because if there's any other variable, you've ignored every single possible other yeah. explanation. That's what, why. What he's calling bogus is... There is something outside of this called critical theory, okay, that looks at other vectors. Critical race theory looks at it through the lens of race. Holy fuck, this is where we are in the discourse. It's basically a reappropriation of the God of the gaps argument, except it's a racism of the gaps argument. That's Essentially, exactly right. you see a gap, you fill it with racism, much as in the atheist versus creationist debate. Holy shit. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Is he stealing that from my debate? Because actual Justice Warrior has an uncanny ability to not understand correlation versus causation. He'll often bring up statistics and then think it sounds very, very clever when he says, well, yes, but black people commit way more crime, violent crime than white people. So you have to understand that the police, therefore, have to police black people more because they're the ones committing all the crimes, right? And then I was consistently saying, like, this doesn't prove what you think it is. This isn't the dig or the, like, the dunk that you think it is. You're simply misunderstanding how the data works. But now he's using the whole God of gap thing uh, god was filled in whenever there was a gap something that couldn't be explained or even if it could be explained like one of the things that was brought up is uh children's discipline and the disparities in outcome between children in k-12 through education and their suspensions and it's like oh look black kids are disproportionately more suspended more in k-12 through education it's like, yeah, they're overrepresented in all our violent crim uh, crime statistics. Why would we expect that to only start when they leave yeah, school if and none of those problems would manifest there? So, like, we've had programs in this country from the Obama administration based on the idea that disparate outcomes is sufficient to prove racism. That's what we're calling bogus there, but right now. Correct, correct. Because there's a very logical and easy explanation for that, and it's in the legacy of Jim Crow. There were race-explicit laws designed to create disparate outcomes. When did those go away? And there were race-neutral <laughs> solutions to those. That doesn't erase any of the legacies of those. James, do you think racism ended with Jim Crow laws? <laughs> when did those go away? 
Well, I've got it on my phone if you're not willing to answer the question. But when did those go away? I'm based. Race explicit uh, laws. When did those laws stop existing? So there's also a very narrow view of racism that we're talking about here. One is a deontological view of racism, which says that racism is bad because it's bad. And that's good. I hope we all agree with that. Racism is bad kind of intrinsically, but there's also a consequentialist view of racism. Racism isn't just bad because it's bad. It's bad because it causes It's structurally determined. When did it end, That is in a very American Clean concept. A lot of people Cash, yeah, boy, boy, thank you. American, Justin, but Justin, it's, a, it's a fundamentally Justin. American idea. It is taking those American ideas seriously. Primarily that all men are created equal. That You're jangling, Justin. You are jangling. By the way, that's what the construction Lindsay proposed. Well, is that the idea that any of these? Let me just read another freaking critical race theorist to you. And this <laughs> okay, is your definition. Here's another ten minutes of James Lindsay reading off his phone. I am filibuster where you read and misunderstanding all of the quotes he brings up to. I want to understand what it is you disagree with about his definition. He read Delgado's. I am based honk. Do you get that? That one's going to play really good on the memes later. We're going to post that one to Twitter. Everyone will get it. I said honk. I don't disagree with that definition. He's framing it like it's a bad thing. He puts it under the guise of Marxism, and he makes Marxism sound pretty damn good if you actually listen to what he says. He's coming in with a framing, and that framing is dishonest. That's what I disagree with. No, no, the first question was a definition. He literally brought a definition. I literally read there. You can't be more genuine than that. Well, what? I have the definition out in front of me, too, oh, and you added a lot to it. That's Thanks, like what, what your definition was. Okay, let every me, other thing he said, you would look, interpret what I, it I will meant. concede that writing things down, either on paper or on your phone, is for nerds. That is true. I but, didn't use my de- No, I used their book. I actually have their book on my phone. <laughs> okay. So, AJW went for like a low-hanging fruit joke there, and clearly a joke, and James is actually getting all defensive about it. No, hey, I'm not a nerd. I was just writing down the quotes. Phone. Yeah. But I've I, read it like eight times. Reading is also for nerds. But nerds. I will I will also say, uh, you brought up that Jim Crow nerds. is the, is the reason, now. like the nerds. legacy of Jim Crow is the reason for disparate outcomes between racial groups, which is a little bit odd because we have certain indicators like the homicide rate in the 1950s going oh, into the 1960s when Jim Crow was in effect being lower than the homicide rate post this. It wasn't just Jim Crow. Jim Crow wasn't the start and end of the incredible systemic oppression that happens in the United States. I mean, fuck, why, why don't you start at slavery, AJW? Why don't you work your way up there? Why don't we talk about redlining? Why don't we talk about fucking uh, the, the prison system, the prison industrial complex? There are so many things. It didn't just start and stop with Jim Crow. Oh, we got rid of Jim Crow. Everything's good now. Civil Rights Act. If Jim Crow were the cause of all these negative outcomes, then yeah, how come everyone's the negative a nerd outcomes here. I, I'm a nerd. Have no correlation Y'all are nerds. We're, we're all nerds. We're watching the political so debate. So racial attitudes ended. They were, they were fixed. They were fixed with Jim Crow. You keep asking, like, when these things were I didn't, were I didn't say they were fixed, but if you're going to say Jim Crow laws caused a disparity and that produced the all these negative outcomes, of a example with specifically violent crime, well, the, the, then we would laws- expect Jim Crow, if it caused a disparity in violent crime, to cause that disparity before it's repealed rather than after it's repealed. These laws are a byproduct of a culture which produces these. If it was the single causal factor, and again, it's not as if Jim Crow created racism racism created Jim Crow 
this idea. People can self-racialize. People can have a conception of race that might be negative, even reinforced by society onto their own race. It's no mystery that people who are treated badly, who have an entire legacy, a generation, a history of negative treatment by people in this country, would persist in carrying on those negative attributes even when the barriers of the law are removed. So this is what I call the racism of the gaps argument. So he said this was causing this. I disputed that because obviously Jim Crow Unsuccessfully. laws, if they were causing something, You're not would cause it when they're I in said. effect. You're not and then he's like, listen, so out in the abstract, there's some racism nah, that is causing... Like sounds like the fallacy going on here. This sounds like the fallacy again. Thank you. I have, I have a question about... this. Is, I, I think this gets boiled down to a lot of the time. Do you believe that it that we should judge and treat people differently on the basis of race if it's for a noble cause. If it is to, in the service of ending racism, should we judge and treat people differently on the basis of race? I think that's a terrible idea. That's Ibram Kendi's idea. He says on page 19 of How to Be an Anti-Racist Nerd, uh, he says on the page 19, he says that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. Hey, James, you have a degree in math. Isn't that mathematically correct? If two groups have been ha- had these giant disparate no. outcomes... Wait. No, because hold people, on, no, 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 no. I have a question. No, I have because a question the, the person behind question. can see that they're behind and run There's faster. James Lindsay Phillips. Oh, 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 yeah. tra- <laughs> so by that logic, wouldn't the most oppressed people in America be doing the best? Wouldn't they be all just like terminators? Every single one of them. It's like the more you oppress people, the better they'll do because they just they just have it harder, so they'll succeed more. That that's just the way it all works, right? So why aren't we seeing that? Why doesn't it bear out in any of the data? You don't want to be the person in the front because so you don't know what's it, going so on behind you. You want to be behind so you can faster. catch up. If the person behind has to run faster, isn't that unfair? They have to work harder to achieve the same outcomes? So if, you do believe we should treat people differently in the service of ending racism. We should judge and treat people differently. No, those t- that's, that's a bad way of framing it. What Jangles is probably on the side of, although I am strong, uh, steel manning them here, is that they do treat people differently. Not that I think we should be treating people differently. They already do that. We're simply reflecting upon that. We're seeing, well, we can take a look at this from a critical vantage point. And if we anal- analyze this, we will see that, yes, there is a difference. But this is race being imposed upon people and everything that happens therein. Wait, hold on. You're not going to absolutely explain that. In your individual life, absolutely you, no, he not. However, he advocated discrimination. Are you, just, are you having trouble? trouble? So, if we have these giants, again, it's not just the deontological, the racism is bad because it's bad, it's because of the effects that it produced. So, if you're saying, like, if you want to close this gap, if you believe that all men are created equal and that we should have relative parity among racial groups because they are equal, that, is, that seems like a very American concept to me, then how are you going to use a raced blind thing to get there? It doesn't mean that we have to treat, we have to know all the black people, no, we have to like rise you up, all the white people, we have to keep you down till everybody's even, but we can enact policies that disproportionately help black people while helping white people as well. Right, if, we're ne- if you don't invest any sort of effort into bringing this gap together, it will never close on So how own. do you feel for example about the uh, Ted Cruz amendment that he proposed when they were doing the stop AAPI hate bill. So they were doing stop AAPI hate. This was in the wake of that shooting that didn't turn out to be racially motivated. It was a sex uh, worker crime. And they do stop AAPI hate. Ted Cruz proposes what are your thoughts on Ted Cruz? Let's amend the bill to outlaw (laughs) the currently happening, the currently existing, the currently being employed racial discrimination in our colleges and universities against Asian Americans. 
And it was a party line vote. Every single Democrat who voted, which was all but either one or two of them, I would have to check exactly what it was, voted against removing an actual form of institutional racism against Asian Americans. Where do you stand on that? Not in favor of it. Not in favor of the, uh, the law that would like, uh, be disproportionately uh, impactful against Asian Americans. And how do you feel about no, vaccine passports, that, which are that having the only impact impact on people? Is that the only Wait, I have, a, I, have a, I have another question, because you were talking about how like everybody's equal, and therefore we should expect some kind of equal outcome, and the only way to cure past racism is by future discrimination. I know you wouldn't call that future racism, so like not trying to throw that at you. But well, instead we, of strawmanning that position, why but, don't you define that a little but, more like, honestly? What do you think he like, means by that? I know that Americans are obsessed with race and, like, our own personal <laughs> racial history, but there is no evidence at all that being a discriminated against minority produces negative outcomes. In fact, the world <laughs> is full of discriminated against minorities. Jewish people, Chinese people. Did you just say that out loud? I mean, like, how do you even debate someone like this? I don't get it. Where, where like... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I secede the floor. <laughs> like people in Malaysia, there's different minorities like the Lebanese that have all faced similar forms of discrimination and have become successful, more successful. Wow, uh, is there anything to be said about how different racial groups have been treated historically in the United States? Uh, anything at all, or, or or you're just taking the parts that you like and then think, well, if there are historical minorities in this country but they've achieved different outcomes, clearly it just means blanket statement that there's no such thing. Well, then they're majority countries, so you have to like fundamentally prove to me that discrimination caused the gap in the first place before you can even get to the stage where you're okay. Okay, let's do that then. Why don't we start here? Here's a good little thing to talk. Fact check. Median wealth is 81 times higher for white people than it is for black households. The claim, the median white household wealth is 81 times that of black households. Economic inequality in the U.S. is real and deeply damaged to the living standards of the vast majority of families. John Bevins of the Economic Policy Institute. A chart citing 81% difference in the median wealth between white and black households was posted on Facebook. How long have black people been voting? Studies on the wealth gap. Net worth is the total amount of assets minus liabilities for everything a household owes, according to Business Insider. A nationwide wealth gap exists between black and white families, according to the Brookings Institute, a policy analysis nonprofit. They reported that uh, the typical white family in 2016 has $171,000. This is nearly 10 times more than the $17,000, $150. So rather than this first statement, we can debunk that, but say that there is an enormous, enormous 10 times difference between the two groups. Now, if there's no such thing as race, so we made up race, it doesn't exist. So there's no such thing as white people, no such thing as black people. There's just, uh, we we basically think of people as monoliths, right? So every single person who has a certain amount of melanin in their skin will be characterized into group A. Everyone who has a different amount of melanin will be characterized into group B. Now, all human beings being created equal, right? So we all agree on that point. If we see a disparity of this 10 times, do you not think that there is any historical or systemic reason to explain this? Again, $171,000, the average white family, $17,000, the average black family. The other point upon this is that it's getting worse. There are estimates that say that by 2050, this number could reach zero. So things are not improving materially for black people in the United States. And again, if race doesn't exist, if race is a social construct, then how do you explain the difference there? You're proposing 
alternate discrimination to fix it. Because and this in Malaysia, is what we're talking about. You're, when you lump any of these groups together, like, no, black people do not have the same history. They do not have the same like, uh, lineage in the United States as most Asian groups do. They are different. All discrimination is bad, but again, you have to take a consequentialist framework of it. So there's something called the Y tree. So if we do see all this big disparity between black and white people, and usually when we talk about race, it's, it's black and white people, why do you think that is? It's called the Y tree. Like, why? Well, Eventually, well, you get to a policy or a history of policies, or you really don't want to let go of this notion that maybe one group actually is inferior to another. Well, what, what you call a big disparity, I call a small disparity because the disparity between yeah. people of... Ten times. Ten times. It's not a small disparity. That is unbelievably dramatic. What's like the number one way the average American household has to accrue wealth over generations? Homeownership. Why is it that black families have had trouble accruing homeownership historically, generationally? Like this can all be explained. And then you then pass that income or that wealth. Uh, you transfer it over to your next generation. They then build upon your own wealth. They inherit certain amounts of it, depending on how much is taxed in your particular area. And then the next family grows it upon more. There's a reason why these statistics are so striking. They're in their origin countries of Europe and people back in their origin countries of Africa is much greater. Their origin so, country is the United so they're, States. So they're doing yeah, way better. And say that. Talking, you, wait, didn't you just treat people I'm, based on their I'm, race? I'm talking their origin I'm, country. No, no, Africa? I'm talking about their. I'm talking about their origin countries. Like how many black people in like Appalachia? White man? people in America just come from Europe. <laughs> do you guys know that? Reparations for Appalachia. Did, did, did how about that? Is that race? That's what I'm talking I'm about. Like so, we have a narrower disparity. You just, I think. But I'm saying we have a narrower disparity in the United States. I think you just accuse someone of, of not wanting to let go of the idea that their race is superior. And I just have a question for you, because Texas is one of the states that has proposed legislation. We passed legislation banning. It's been called an anti-critical race theory bill that's, that's passed. And well in done, this Texas. legislation, Saving lives. it says that you're not allowed to teach that one race is superior over Incredible. another. Incredible. That's, that's a great law to have. And so if you see these giant racial disparities, the reason those racial disparities are bad is because no group is inferior or superior to another. That's the entire impetus behind why critical race theory analyzes these things. No, 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 because it uses a fallacy in, in education. No, 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 it attaches a fallacy in wealth. If we see these, you're it still filibustering, so I can't tell you what your flawed definition. <laughs> Let me read to you from Dr. <laughs> Kendi. Great. Racial in inequity is evidence. Okay, sorry, I'll back up. To fix the original sin of racism, Americans should pass an anti-racist amendment. He doesn't the know the difference between inequity and that enshrines two guiding anti-racist principles. This was your definition from the beginning, by the way. Racial inequity is evidence of racist policy, and the different racial groups are equals. Or at least you mentioned the different racial groups are equals part. You said it grows out of all men are created equal. But the second assumption here is all all groups are equal, and then. Racial, any, any disparity in outcomes must be interpreted as racism, which is exactly either the univariate fallacy any, that I was like bringing up or any, the racism of the gaps. Do you think the any, literally any uh, uh, racial disparity would be considered that? Or maybe... Do we have that's a what he said. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. Derailing this to see the latest. Uh, from Haas, uh, he of the two-hole theory. Open challenge. Today on the show, I'm going to get someone to try and argue that what I said last night is wrong. If you're right and I'm wrong, you get $10,000. Easy money, right? If I'm right, you tweet to your follower, as followers how I was wrong and they were right. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Fuck it. I'm up in the stakes. Not only do you get $10,000, I will quit infrared and disappear forever. Uh, I, what did he say last night? Because I know the uh, the whole two-hole theory thing happened a couple days ago. 
said. That is the that is the view from critical race theory. Yeah, yeah, so, no, well, so one, he's not the a critical thing. race theorist. Is he a critical race theorist? Here's the thing. Is you he a critical cannot race explain the Appalachian achievement gap using this 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 framework. It's actually a great framework. I don't know why you pointed to him like it was a good point. Policy. The, no, the thing is, is how no, do you no, no, expand no. When he says the Appalachian achievement gap, he's talking about how mountain mountain people, people achieve- tended to lie behind people in the plains. Like That's this correct. is true. Yes, and, and you because know why? They have no, certain- do you know why? I'm yes. from Appalachia. Geographical disadvantages. No, bad policies. No, no, no. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, what are you if, talking if about? If you had, if you, if you had better access to the ocean than somebody on the mountains, then you were more likely to have trade. Trade creates economic prosperity. This is why typically areas where there's plain I thought you were talking about education. Farms. That's what he's talking about with the Appalachian theory. The Appalachian. Okay, oh, I thought it was he's about talking like, about geographical see, I things. I thought that it was why differences do bad in outcome. And I could point to the to bad I'm policies. talking actually so, mostly so about I cultural values. I don't values. want this to devolve yeah, into where we're just yelling over each other and people at home and watching online can't tell what we're saying. So I, I do have. Uh, there's a couple of things in the me, the me, ideas that the media has been putting forward. One of which is that hey, thanks, race super theory doesn't exist. I think we're all in agreement that it does. Appreciate that. Even though we might have different definitions for it. The other thing they've been putting forward is that well, if it does exist, it's not being taught. K through 12. Do we disagree on that? Sean Dis- said it beautifully. There's the, the thing that's actually critical race theory, and then there's the deconstructed term that means literally anything that you want it. What is the two-hole debate? Okay, so for everyone who doesn't know the memes that are going around the internet, uh, Haas went on a dating show, and the host of the dating show just absolutely clowned him the whole time, and they got to a point where she asked, how many holes do women have the waist down. She's speaking specifically about cis women. Uh, Haas said two, and then she says, what uh, comes out of those holes? What are they used for? And then when they're not being used for sex, and then he was like, poo-poo and pee-pee, uh, at which point she laughed and was like, well, they actually have three holes, because I guess he didn't know the, the urethra was uh, separate from the, the vaginal canal. Uh, and now he's kind of, instead of just laughing it off like most people would, uh, and, and being like, okay, well, that was funny. That was just like a funny gotcha, and the, the, we all had a laugh. He has been doubling, tripling, quadrupling down for three or four days now, and they've created two-hole theory, which is, uh, yeah, is a discourse I, I, I genuinely hope never dies. I hope it just, I hope it just keeps on blowing up. It's a mean that's actually being taught in schools, as they say. So if you don't believe it's being taught in K through 12, what is it that you would oppose in the bills that... What, why would you oppose a bill that says, let's stop teaching critical race theory when you don't That's believe it's it is, being yeah. taught anyway? Because, as you said, with the, with the Texas bill, it doesn't actually ban critical race theory, does it? It bans certain concepts that make talking about race It harder. bans critical so, race praxis, and praxis is an integral component of any Marxian theory. Any critical, critical theory, by the way, critical race theory, any critical theory must have at least three components. This is according to Stanford Encyclopedia, uh, Standard, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, Entry and Critical Theory. The three components it must contain are that it must contain an idealized vision for society. It must be able to critique the existing society for not living up to or moving toward that idealized vision for society. And it must also inspire social act. Celine, to be honest, I would have said there was two as well. Yeah, like, here's the thing. You could have walked away from that and, and just been like, oh, teehee, laugh. That's, that's not the reason it keeps blowing up. The reason it keeps getting like bigger and bigger and bigger is the doubling down. Like 
he said in the middle of the the debate, right, whatever you want to call it, but that dating show, I don't take L's. I like I don't lose. And that's kind of like that strong man machismo and the fact that he's still doubling down on that is why it's still growing and becoming a meme. It's 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 gotten to the point like I saw a debate with him in Q yesterday where he was saying that he thinks that all these larger accounts or all these people on Twitter are all attacking him uh because they like they want to end his messaging or they're scared of him or they're like trying to destroy this movement that he's creating or whatever it is. And it's just Twitter doing what Twitter does, which is clowning on people. Like anytime someone becomes like, you know, the the, the clown on the Internet, everyone jumps on it, it, it. It's what Twitter always does, you know. Will be able to be put into practice. So a critical theory requires praxis. So a critical race theory requires critical praxis. If you read Paulo Freire, everything about the theory is praxis. If you read so, any of these folks, it's Seriously, it's always praxis, praxis, praxis. It has to be put into praxis or it's not a legitimate critical race theory. So what's being praxis, done in schools praxis, is praxis. the praxis of critical theory, which is taking this stratifi stratification view of society and is teaching children by separating them into oppressor and oppressed groups, privileged versus oppressed, teaching them about racial privilege, attaching it to racial so, identity, telling people so, through culturally responsive teaching that different cultures have different, different races have different cultures, which is a fundamentally racist idea. I literally just that? met a black man the other day who sat here and talked to me about freaking anime Are you, for like just, an hour. I'm just curiosity are you here's a total weed so just just uh just out of curiosity did i just hear that correctly did that just come out of james Lindsay's mouth holy fuck <laughs> a black guy talked to me about anime for an hour he's a total weeb are you uh, quite intentionally redefining what critical race theory means in the public mind expanding it as a catch-all for the new racial shit. orthodoxy is that is that what i mean again it's refreshing to know that he's just the same in person as he is on twitter what you're doing just out of curiosity i actually did not understand what you said because of the echo i'm sorry yeah. okay are you quite intentionally redefining what critical race theory means in the public mind expanding it as a catch-all for the new racial orthodoxy so that no, we can't you're actually talk me with about chris what Rufo. it says and now that and now instead of ironically now ironically, i'm not chris rufo i'm a stealth bomber Ironically, instead of viewing each individual case as an individual case, yeah, there are definitely teachers out there who put out really bad assignments. And now, ironically, instead of treating those as individual cases of bad conduct, now we can blame it on this catch-all theory that says the exact opposite of what he says it is. I know what I'm saying, so you can be clear, what critical race theory is, in its simplest brass tacks that's being taught in schools, is dividing people by racial category into privileged class versus oppressed class in maybe a complicated way, but nevertheless... So talking about racial privilege as a key component to understanding how race creates inequality, and secondly, teaching about the need for racial equity as a redistribution scheme that eventually leads to racial justice through some process that? of applying it long enough. Actually, all that's pretty good. It's not wrong. good. Hold it's on. communism. That's communism. What he never does is say what's wrong with any of that. It Wait. didn't work last Wait. time. It won't work Wait. this time. So okay. you agree but, that that's being taught, but you agree that it should be Wait, what's what? Okay, we're so far off now. It didn't work last time. Are you talking about the USSR? Because if that's the case, just rebuttal with like, well, it seems to be working okay in China. If that's what you think communism is. You think it should be taught that people should be divided up into oppressor and oppressed within the, in the classroom? No, because that's not critical race theory. It is what I was talking about. If there are individual instances of like that's bad classroom activities, yeah, critique those. But you keep saying that critical race theory says that it's things that it specifically doesn't. So, for example, Iron who here thinks woke projection? Who here thinks that critical <laughs> race theory says that white people are inherently evil. Awesome. The correct statement is that critical race theory scapegoats whiteness as a form of bourgeois property. What does it mean by whiteness, James? Do you want me to... Whiteness is a form of bourgeois 
<laughs> oh my god, James. Peter, <laughs> fucking read it to you? Whiteness oh, he's so mad. Oh, yes, I would assume you could just give me But a while he's digging that up, I just want to point out that we had every critical race theory discussion ever, and I tried to avoid it by saying, let's not argue about the obscure legal theory and talk right, about it in this? practice. <laughs> we right, went through, you. we went through, it's not critical race theory, because it's not being taught in schools, and also, it's based, I'm kind of in favor of it, which is how every single one of these conversations happens. Whiteness is a location of structural advantage of racial privilege. Second is at a standpoint, a place from which white people look at ourselves and others and at society. Third, whiteness refers to a set of cultural practices that are usually unmarked and unnamed. That's on Brandeis Universities. I could talk about whiteness as property, okay, which we already talked about. But to do this, we have to understand the definition of race. Are you going to answer what's wrong with that? Like, it, it, is no, it, is it is a Marxist. It is Marxist. Check out the median wealth family growth over the years, by the way. Because um, I think it's very important to this kind of analysis. Uh, here we have white median family growth from 1985 to 2015. And as you can see, while it did uh, hit an all-time high in 2010 and then dip quite significantly for reasons I'm sure everyone is self-aware of, it has still continued on an upward uh, trend. Whereas if we look at both black and Hispanic families in the United States, their growth has stagnated, never going very high above the $25,000 mark, which I guess peaks around 2004, and then has continued to stay stagnant for the rest of the time. There seems to be a problem there. Definition of race from the same website. From Hello. We're talking over each other. Let a misleading and deceptive race. A misleading and deceptively appealing race. classification of human beings created by white people originally from Europe, which assigns human worth and social status using the white racial identity as the archetype of humanity for the purpose of creating and maintaining privilege, power, and systems of oppression, exactly like I said earlier when I was speaking off no. the cuff. It no, 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 you just completely misinterpreted that. And that's actually, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good definition. I mean, you should probably take that in and, and learn what they're talking about holds up whiteness as a special status, what we would have said bourgeoisie if we were vulgar Marxists. It gives this access to a greater standing in society to people that are designated as white, whether they are, say, Anglo, or whether they are, say, Polish, or whether they are, say, because Irish, or German, statuses already exist or now Asian. Is, because there are disparities in outcome and achievement between the different races. Because yeah. it makes the fundamental fallacy of making race the central construct for understanding inequality. In other words, it commits the univariate fallacy of condensing you. everything oh, down to race and question. putting it in a conflict theory sense. So can I ask you a question? Are white people and black people biologically real? Are they biologically what? As in, like, can you have a biological Good classification question. of white and a biological classification of black that would hold up to any sort of scrutiny? I mean, that's no, biologist. that's not exactly right. Hold what on, you can on, actually no, that, do is yes you, can, no. you can you can have there are there are biological classifications of population groups spread throughout the planet. Some of them have different colors of skin. That that actually you can't. That, that's are not these deniable. Are these genetic clusters called race? Race is a low-resolution, socially <laughs> no constructed category. No, which it people, is socially constructed. I yes. don't disagree with By you. Who? What I disagree with so is Kimberly Crenshaw, where she says this social category <laughs> is imposed, therefore we can't deconstruct it and walk away from it, mapping the margins near the end. Where she says that we need to reevaluate social constructivism to turn it into a critical constructivism that recognizes the racial imposition so that it cannot be deconstructed. Therefore, we have to walk away from, and this is her own words, we have to walk away from people who happen to be black and, and embrace instead people who 
are black. I am black over I'm a person who happens to be black. Her reasoning is specifically, I'm a person who happens to be black, strains for a certain universality. In effect, I am first a person. When instead she says that we should be actually embracing an identity first mode that says that no, race is because it's imposed has to become a social location for a uh, anchor of subjectivity. That's her exact wording on this. What I'm opposing, what the thing is, I'm saying, yeah, the thing that we call race is actually socially constructed. It maps poorly onto actual biological di uh, uh, groups that you could find. You could you could draw DNA and actually detect differences in. He's taking such a long time to just say no. It maps poorly on. It's socially constructed. And my view as a liberal is we should deconstruct that. We should oh. take that apart. Whether that's I don't really want to use postmodern means, but we could use liberal means. Hold on. But what critical race theory says is, no, we cannot and will not deconstruct it because it is imposed from without, which is not how true in 50 it? years. So how would you deconstruct this socially imposed thing? Because one, where did it come from? White has not meant... Stop it. talking about it. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> we have a problem. Just... <laughs> so, <laughs> well, of course. So anyone who wants the status quo and wants to continue, of course, please stop mentioning all this. Stop talking about race. Why are you all so obsessed about race? I don't understand it. Okay? Like, I, I don't see race. I'm, I'm colorblind. Everyone is translucent to me. I don't see why you keep bringing it up. Again, the, the quickest way to talk about all this is if you want to talk about how CRT analyzes it, race is being opposed upon people. People are having race imposed upon them. They're being treated differently for something that doesn't exist. That's the big issue. So I just want to see this article you sent me. Um... Considering the pattern of economic disparity between the Asian American communities is not new, it is no surprise to find substantial wealth inequality amongst Asian Americans. The data in this report specifically shows that Asian American average and median wealth has become comparable to white wealth. Asian Americans at the bottom of the income distribution have less wealth than the white people at the bottom of the income, uh, income distribution. Wealthy Asian Americans have more wealth than wealthy white Americans. Wealth inequality amongst Asian Americans is greater than amongst whites. Wealth inequality amongst Asian Americans has widened over time. Asian Americans have fewer retirement benefits than white people do. Asian Americans have lower home ownership rates than white people do. Asian Americans owe more debt than white people do. Average uh, wealth by race and year. So there's more wealthy uh, Asian Americans than there's more wealthy white people. However, the wealth gap between Asian Americans specifically is even larger. Wealth inequality has simply increased within these groups. Wow. That's also fascinating. Just stop ignore the problem. No, but it goes away. The problem and it goes away. How? I mean, it's been doing great for the past 400 years. But this gets back to my question Jangling. about do you believe that the best Jangling. way to fight racism is by... His two biggest dunks so far have been honk and jangling. Look who's jangling over there. Teaching kids that we are divided along these racial groups, and that some, based on your race, you have a different worth, or teaching you're, you them, have more value. Teaching them that there is a societal construction of race. Critical race theory does not propose this sort of biological construction, nor does it propose racial essentialism. It rejects it explicitly. There's no, it actually with, synthesizes it into structural determinism. There's nothing wrong with teaching children of something they can observe. They understand that race exists. They have a conception of race, and they develop it from a young age. It's worth exploring that topic. No. The, 
worth exploring. That's that, that, that we have a Mott and Bailey happening again. What actually it says is that the imposition of race. The black what man. it says is that the imposition of race creates a structurally determinant system in which the social experience of the position of race is actually essentializable. It's not essential in the biology. It's essential in the cultural and social experience, and that gives a unique voice of color, which is why Dave Chappelle making a trans joke came from his, according to the uh, to the article, uh, his position go. of white privilege. That's why Larry Elder is the, take the black of his, face of white supremacy. I want you to He's take black, note of his He has to stay on the here. plantation. I want you to take note of his entire strategy here. We're trying to give the best possible version of it, and he's done it yeah, several Winston times Gigi now. He'll hates, say, no, uh, let me tell you what it actually means. I don't want to hear the strongest Because my this. eyes are open, Jangles. <laughs> because your minds are open? Because I'm not a liar, Jangles. <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, okay. I, wait, <laughs> hold on. Well, you kind of are. Do you think my that uh, critical race theory open. essentializes people based on race? Yes critical no? race theory has a long you going answer. I can see clearly yes no. now. The rain is Yes or no. Does critical race theory essentialize people I based on race? I can see all obstacles in my yes path. Yes by nope. proxy. So this is exactly wrong. This is not a mischaracterization of critical race theory. He has no question. He thinks he got a gotcha. Fuck this is this not guy. a mischaracterization of critical race theory. <laughs> this is the equivalent guy. of getting every single question wrong on a multiple choice exam. The only way you can be that wrong is if you were intentionally being This is why I didn't go on his podcast. critical race theory in Delgado's book, which I also have. In Delgado's book, they Because he was going to call you out on your shit? Fuck yes. Good job, Jangles. Said they reject race essentialism because it is not. The, it is a socially imposed thing. Therefore, someone cannot be essentially black. It essentializes but, but, your social experience by positionality. Taking, you know, I've so, explained it four we, times. But if we agree on this, this race is a social construction. It they does say it gives a unique voice of color. So if you're black, you have to speak. You are Ayanna Presley says. Ayanna Presley said, "We don't want black faces who won't be black voices. We don't want brown faces who won't be brown voices. Why? Because there's a unique voice of color associated with the structural experience. That's critical race theory." Do you not understand Saying that black people think the same. Okay. Not that they are the same, that you, they think the same. Every single question on that multiple choice exam has been marked wrong on purpose. So, no, you seem to like this deconstruction of race. You said correctly that. Can I talk? You doing okay? You used a lot of words, man. A lot of unnecessary words. <laughs> Cut to the chase. Says <laughs> the person who wants to talk for ten minutes off his phone. Okay, I'm now going to define what uh, multiple authors have said about critical race theory. Uh, uninterrupted, please, if you will. This is my time now. Wasting my time. Bit of irony coming from you, but okay. Yeah, right. some of us so, would like to get agree. involved in the debate. Uh, say we agree that white and black are poorly mapped racial categories. Where do they come from? They came from power structures who want to, uh, specifically in the West, who wanted to justify the slave trade. The people who were like, yes, uh, Africans sold slaves, but they didn't think of themselves as the same racial group. That was something imposed upon them. So white people had this power structure, and then they decided, they grouped the races of the world uh, into four different categories, whites, uh, it was yellow, red, and black, and they uh, marked them. They, they put them in this hierarchy with white at the top. Now, all that was genetically very incorrect. <laughs> this is where these things come from. Now, if you're going to say, like, so, yeah, it happened a long time ago. I guess James just, like, fundamentally doesn't believe that any of these things have an effect later in society. That's basically it. Like, if you do something, it's never, ever going to have an effect later on. Like, when that thing stops, everything's better then. You know, it all, it all just fixes itself. So did the Declaration of Independence. We still see its effects today, right? So these categories of white and black didn't come from nowhere. They didn't come from biology. They came from power structures that wanted to use they, those... We didn't reject the Declaration of Independence. We rejected race... Bi biological we? racism decades ago. So, huh. so I have a question. What do you exactly oppose now. in the bills that, that are opposed to critical race theory in the classroom? 
Um, actually, let me hear from Michael. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. I don't know much about them. If, if the construction you have for critical race theory, as any of these guys are explaining, is that it's, it's outlawing uh, this teaching that one race is superior to another, I don't have an issue with it. But so, I'm willing to bet there's probably a whole lot more baked into it and an impetus behind these sort I, of things that come from the likes of James Lindsay. Well, Mike, Michael, can I read this to you? Because sure. I think we might actually agree on some of this. In, Hallelujah. In this well, no, but it gets into something practical. Like, <laughs> here's a bill that has been proposed and passed in Texas. So let's look at it. They added, first of all, they added uh, things that they want taught in all schools. It includes a list of additional historical documents written by people of color and women that House Democrats had added. It also mandates that students be taught, quote, the history of white supremacy, including but not limited to the institution of slavery, the eugenics movement, and the KKK. All that and the, ways, good. the ways in which it's morally wrong. So they've added, that, that's great. and I'm going to skip past like two pages of stuff Just they've to be added. Can we, can, we on, take, can we teach more about Martin Luther King other than the one quote that everyone likes to quote? Well, that one quotes well, in here. Yeah, but well, is, is, is the scary Marxist stuff you said in there too? Here, just let me get to what we. It's this is, race this Marxism. Is the, yes. This is the part of it. Don't that fuck I'm, with I'm me. Did you just say Martin Luther King? Don't was race fuck Marxist? with me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Critical race theory. Sorry, I can't hear you because of the echo. I'm serious. So, so they've added. A- oh, this is the problem with just having this huge, like, macho dude attitude towards everything. Like, oh, come on, bro, come at me. You know, I, I already bodied you. Honk, you jangling jangles. These things, but here's what they're banning. Okay, they're saying that a teacher may not be compelled to discuss a particular current event or widely debated and currently controversial issue of public policy or social affairs. Does that sound good? No. No. What she, she, no, it says she can't be compelled. Be compelled. What better place to discuss controversial topics than in a classroom? No, no, you, you misheard. It said she cannot be compelled. You're, you're again, you it's want the, them to be compelled to discuss it? Oh, uh, okay. It says, um, yes, because I think it grows critical thinking skills. So, so you you so you do want to enforce like your you do want to enforce like an ideology to be delivered no, by teachers to students. Nobody said anything students. about enforcing. We're an talking ideology. about compelling nice teachers. Way to my words. No, I said I'm fine with compelling teachers to discuss comp- uh, controversial topics with their students because I think it improves critical thinking skills for students to think about these topics. Think as advocates of free speech about race. Yeah, as advocates for free speech, wouldn't be all, be all for that because what are controversial topics? Who decides? What is a controversial topic? Because Who's right now, with our current definition of critical race theory, it means if you talk about race. Well, I believe, I was it does this, not mean uh, to talk day. about race. I, it means to put race as the central construct for understanding all inequality. So there was this thing sent to me. And can you at least like say this? There was this thing sent to me. Is uh, There was this survey given to fifth graders. And the survey asked, do you feel comfortable talking about race in the classroom? Do you know anybody of a different racial group? It was just a survey, like a survey question that you would give to elementary schools. And everybody was attacking it, saying, see, look at the critical race theory. The critical race theory is in our schools. And it was literally just asking them about race. It's the straw man version that I would construct to take no. down, but it's actually happening. If you talk about race, thanks to the obfuscation of what critical race theory there actually is. There are also seven-year-olds getting in their car to be this on the way home from thing. school. No, no, no. Be they're the worst kind of person who want to rip their skin off because they're privileged. No, no, no you're talking. Look at how far you have to go. People hold on. rip their skin off because they're privileged. That's the degree of separation you have to get from talking about the actual issue. <laughs> People are being attacked in their cars. They're literally they're being attacked for their white privilege, and, and their skin is being stolen. We have all these skin thieves. They're just wearing other people's skin, trying to get that privilege, you know? Because now it's just it's literal, literal white privilege as they steal the skin of their opponents. 
like any anybody can anybody can give a single example. It's like, oh, this innocuous survey, people freaked out about it because you know it's a hot topic in the nation. And then there was this overreaction right here. But like I covered this for years. So I did a story a long time ago on the Edina School District in Minnesota. And I was talking to you about it, uh, I think, yesterday. This was the number one school district in the state of Minnesota. And they were worried about the achievement gap because they wrongly assumed that all gaps are due to racism. They introduced a racial equity curriculum. What ended up happening was the Edina School District as a whole is no longer the number one school district. And the most negatively impacted students of that school district were the black students the very same ones that they were trying to help one of the reasons why the curriculum was so negative for them is because it emphasized like a lot of the things that we see in critical race theory like specifically I believe it was uh, Regina Austin and I could be wrong on that so somebody fact check me like a nerd out in the audience on your Google phones where she was saying that um, that, that Ebonics, which they call African-American vernacular English, is a legitimate form of language, and we should teach black kids in that because trying to get them to conform to a standard American English is a form of black genocide. It's cultural genocide. The problem with that, I mean, you might say, okay, people talk on the street and they have differences from when they talk on the street versus work. That's perfectly normal. And it's like, sure, but school, they should teach you standard English because there's no textbooks written in Ebonics. There's no, in, in any subject at all. Curious, so what we actually are doing... dominant culture, perhaps? So what we're actually doing is... This, this, would you describe that as a dominant culture? Yeah, this construction of language is an example of a dominant culture. Well, well, Selena, no, he has not been covering CRT for decades. What he's been doing is covering basically like liberal and leftist content creators for decades and talking about 1350 shit, you know. Um, and now what he's done is because he's got this view of what he thinks CRT is, he's lumped that into the fact that I've actually been talking about these issues for as long as I've been doing YouTubing, basically which is one of the things critical race theory goes over. There is no basis to say one form of a language is valid and another form is invalid other than whites have a dominant culture okay. in this so language. Thank you very much, like, thank you very much Michael. I'm, I'm also from fucking Appalachia. We Are have a different dialect. We spell words I'm funny. Texas, we man. have not the dominant culture. No, and guess and what? Like, there's an achievement gap. So why do you lean into why do you lean into something like culturally responsive and culturally sustaining teaching that maintain and exaggerate you those can, cultural differences? Those kinds of teachings Look, the multicultural experiment was a failure. We can make it will not resonate with the students. Listen, That's why. listen, we can make an abstract argument about how every dialect is just as valid as another dialect. But here's the thing. English is an international language of business. In India and everywhere else where they're teaching English, they're teaching standard American English. There is a wealth of scholarship throughout decades, centuries, actually, written in English. This is why the Scottish, when they had their intellectual... So AJW better be learning Mandarin real fast. Reformation, they needed to learn English because in order to grasp the knowledge, they needed to learn appropriately the languages where the knowledge was all captured and written down. If there were this length of scholarship in Ebonics, then this wouldn't be an issue. The fact is there isn't, and this is one of the reasons why black literacy lags behind in this nation. So you're advocating for a policy in order to solve a gap that by its very nature will lead to greater gaps in the future, and we saw that in Adina. So do we see how you can have two points here? Uh, so do you see how you can have two points here? There is a dominant culture, and you have to assimilate into it in order to succeed. Nobody has to be evil for that. But it is a thing that it is worth talking about. So, for example, do you agree that it's, it's really stupid to ban traditionally black hairstyles in school? You would agree with that, right? I don't care what people's hairs look like. Okay, so I'm wearing so, so, a wait, shirt. Can, Justin, can you, can you I'm wearing a shirt that says you, based, which was a black slang term. I'm okay with the dominant culture merging in a melting pot type situation. It does, it's not that the dominant culture doesn't move by virtue. Look how many things. I mean, freaking Taco Tuesday is a microaggression now <laughs> because everybody loves tacos, which happen to not come from the dominant <laughs> freaking culinary tradition of, strong, of, of you know, England, which a, has one edible dish. You know, a really good, uh, a really good exercise to do. That was a really which has dumb. one edible dish? Jesus Christ. <laughs> they took Taco Tuesday away from us. That's why I'm here. Thing he just said, none of us would agree. I with don't that. say any dumb things. I don't listen to him. <laughs> All right, no, because he's he's too faced. All right. So what, yeah, the way you had to stretch that to be an argument that would actually make sense, like oh, talk about two days of microaggression. No, no dude. Ask, no. Now, hold on. Every time now, I'm like hanging out with my friends, we're like, vamanos. 
We say it in Spanish. Because, That's cool. Because it's Spanish. Are we going to do Epic bro. <laughs> but I'm in the dominant culture. Why on earth I'm dominating right? No, see, if we had a dominant culture. Do you want to talk to or do you want to talk to imaginary people that make no, you listen, upset? If we, were, if, we were, if we had a dominant culture like you're implying with the word dominant culture, when somebody says, I feel like that's racist, we're not going to have a conversation. We're going to say, shut up, N-word. That's what it looked like 70 years ago. That's what a dominant culture that's excluding other cultures. Well, that's, that's what racism is. Anyways, vamanos, on our way to Taco Tuesdays. Hopefully no one gets triggered by that as I devour some tacos. ...and not trying to meet people looks like. That is not reality anymore. That was reality a long time ago, and we almost to a man in this country reject it now. And it's not because of critical race theory. Do you accept that, like, forget about, set aside race for a second, even though these might, like, correlate with one another. Why are we having so much fun with this? No, no, I'm just saying, even though these might correlate with one another, do you accept that, like, different cultural attitudes and practices can lead to different outcomes? Where do they come from? I'm just saying, do you accept that that can happen? Absolutely, where do they come from? All right. So my follow-up question is, can't can't truly answer the first one because it's not not going to be great for my hypothesis. But anyways, I'm going to move on. Thank you. Uh, then why are you trying to preserve cultures, attitudes, and practices that lead to negative outcomes? If you want to do better, if you want the same out- end game outcome, well, then maybe you, you should be- emulate more successful it? cultures. Like a lot of this reads to me. This critical race theory discussion reads to me like anti. Yikes! And he's going to do it again. Semitism. Well, we, we hear about the conspiracy of the whites that are self-consciously and and sometimes of overtly like conspiring against all of these minorities, and they're working together either implicitly or no, they are not. Ugh! I just wish one of these people would read up on systemic racism like a lot of the people who participate within these systems themselves don't even know the actions that they're doing could be imposing upon other groups that's the entire point of it explicitly sounds a lot like what a bunch of dorks say about jewish people the reason jewish people are successful is because they have a long history of practices that lead to success instead of hating jewish people just like i say instead of hating white people instead of hating asian people if you want to be successful like them maybe emulate some of those cultural features that allow them to be I successful have great I'm, news throw for you. That, I'm gonna throw out and stop trying to preserve said, negative the only question because there's an obvious answer to your question right would you you do not want bad cultural practices to persist through time but you have to introspect on what makes some cultures bad right why are these cultures producing bad outcomes and not always is it because that culture is fundamentally bad on a fundamental level, but because of the society, the dominant culture, the way it might treat that other culture, right? And you should argue, you should agree that you shouldn't be changing one culture to placate the dominant culture. I mean, we're literally but seeing we, people take we, up critical race theory to say that time is a whiteness construct and that being on time and punctual is white uh, is supremacy culture. Is that from critical race theory? Or is that from something you found? Yes, that, no, that's yeah. actually from, <laughs> is that from the internet? literally from uh, Judith Katz. That is from like Judith Katz, who wrote the book White Awareness in 1978. Uh, Michael, do you believe it's impossible to, to look at a culture and say objectively, like, that's a bad cultural practice. Like, um, I wouldn't say objectively, no, because you, li- you exist within the, the uh, context so like of like a broader society. So like throwing gay people off of rooftops, is that culturally, is that a good a c- culture that, that encourages a culture? that? No, that's a Where terrible that culture, right? But I only say that because I'm through this, I, the cultural context I exist in is one of a liberal order, right? If you change that on a fundamental level, you're going to change the people within it. Well, what about all the people? Wait, 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 what about all the people in countries where they do that? We live in a country where the death penalty is practiced today. What about people right who now, grew up in a cultural context of communism? It's zero percent of them like it. An objective moral wrong. <laughs> the <laughs> dominant culture is communism, and every fucking one of them hates it. Why? Because the it's a catastrophe. Well, a citation needed. I, I feel that whenever James Lindsay gets angry, he goes off the cuff, and it's no longer like, well, okay, I've got a whole bunch of things written down here. It's like, oh, every communist fucking hates communism. All of them, ever. Communism? In the Soviet Union it was, and you can't find a former Soviet who thinks communism was a good idea. There were...
Whoa, blatant lie. Did you see what happens uh, to the USSR economy after it disbanded? What, what actually, how much it plummeted, how much individual poverty increased, all the problems that came from that? Now, uh, have you ever pointed towards the China, for example? Do you think the vast majority of people in China who have been uplifted out of abject poverty despise the Communist Party of China? Polish people here, talk to them. See how they feel about communism. I, I, I do want to address something that Mike brought up. And by the way, I'm saying that just because uh, neither of those countries uh, is communist, right? But it seems to be that James Lindsay is associated every single country. He doesn't like throughout history with communism. So you're going to get all the favorites, right? Venezuela's in there, I'm sure. Cuba's in there as well, you know? Just, oh, Vietnam. We can't forget Vietnam. All these countries. Well, it kind of turns out that Vietnam's actually doing all right right now. Is one of the fastest growing economies uh in that region so maybe it's it's not all bad okay well fine we won't talk about vietnam what about what about china though you know china's economy is completely falling apart well actually you know yeah i want to just something that mike brought up mike said that uh, i shouldn't be advocating for uh, less successful cultures to assimilate and to please the dominant culture that's not what i'm advocating for a lot of the negative aspects of black american culture date back to scottish culture which is where a lot of the southern whites came from the scottish the whole point of the reformation where they became literate they started working hard and they got rid of some of their negative practices was to benefit the scottish like what i'm saying is is if your goal is to benefit the culture that's not doing well then encouraging them excusing them placating them is not going to improve their situation the scottish got better and they were some of the leading intellectuals in the enlightenment because they started to emulate and then they went on to influence black culture that's where we got everything you know it, it all came from the scots ultimately successful aspects of english culture I'm sorry, what we're dealing with in critical race theory is a racial conspiracy I don't, theory. I don't even disagree with anything Sean's saying. I, I think it's good things to emulate and to take things from other cultures that are good aspects of those cultures and abandon things that are bad from other cultures. I don't I, disagree with any of this at all. All I argued was that you need to deconstruct why some parts, some aspects of some cultures are bad. Do you believe that some things work and some things don't work? Incredible analysis. My car. <laughs> no, I mean, what's the definition of good? I don't mean to be screwy with you. I mean, what's what the is the definition of, of better? Not even good, not good. What's the definition of better versus worse? It must have some goal orientation set against it. Something that achieves the goal more successfully is good. A hammer that breaks at the, at the handle when you swing it. Not even a living thing. Not a very good hammer. A hammer that can drive in nails and not break. A good hammer. It behaves better. Why? Because it's better at achieving the goal. So if you... Do, and wouldn't it be better if the, we had The a pragmatic board? argument means something here. Would it be a better society if all the racial groups were equal? They are equal. Equal how? They are. What are you talking about? Can you define what you mean by equal? So, equity, I know that's a scary word. I know that's a really scary word. Equity is equality with an assumption. Equity is is adjusting shares so that citizens are made equal. I'm going to let Charles talk about what he means by equality, and then I'd love to let you respond to it. So, equity Equity is adjusting shareholder value. The Marxist idea that uh, all men are created equal. Again, so how do you measure whether or not we have equality of opportunity? So, why is equity not a measure that we could use to get there? If we had equality of opportunity, if everyone had the same shot of getting where they wanted to be, why would we see these giant disparities? Unless equity could be a measure to see whether or not we actually have equality of opportunity. I don't think you would disagree with the notion that if you are born into a single parent household in the inner city, that is surrounded by crime, surrounded with shitty schools, you're not going to have the same access to any of the things that you're going to use to live a good life. And so you're not going to have the same access as someone who was born to like two kids uh, with a, like, in a nice, safe uh, suburb. All right, I don't think we can say that those two people have ec- uh, like the equality of opportunity. And one way we can measure that is to see what are their outcomes. Yeah, I don't. So first of all, equality of opportunity is kind of ridiculous. Like unless we're kidnapping all the kids at age three, throwing them in the same dormitory, we're not going to have equality of opportunity. It's like a nice thing people say, I'm not for equality of outcome. I'm for equality of opportunity. We should just be in favor of increasing the number of, oppor- of opportunity because we're a merit-based society. And one of the things that you get when you achieve is the ability to set up your next generation for success. Okay, you I'm talked about how just, you don't just, have the same advantage being born into a single-parent household. By the way, I was born into a single-parent household, so lived experience trumps everything. That makes me right. But, <laughs> yeah, that's because... 
that's because that's a consequence of the past generation's decisions. And those, like, like you have to accept and believe in cause and effect. Yes, every cause will eventually have an effect. So we should encourage better behavior. Like, How can you make all those statements, everything you just said, and then afterwards be about, so we should encourage better cultural practices at the end of the day? Like, what about being born into abject poverty? What about being born into, uh, like, the fact that the school systems in the United States directly correlate with home ownership and what area of, like, the taxes from those uh, housing taxes go directly into the school system of that local region? That plays a huge part. What about the fact that I just, I've shown multiple times during the course of this the differences between white families and black families for median income? The disparity is 10 times. If you have white families who have the average median income of $177,000, black families who have the average median income of $17,000, you are going to see incredibly different outcomes, especially if you're tying in the school system itself to home ownership. Having children after you're married would be a crazy radical example because that leads to greater success. And if and you have how do a wider, you that? If what you is your a, solution here? If, it always comes down to like just hope individuals make better if you have, No, no, no. Are there no, no policies no. that we can look for to make sure it, those things are better? Well, and if that's true, aren't you advocating for Kendi's idea that bad policies are the reason that uh, we have these giant racial inequities? Is a good policy not to discriminate by race? No, yeah, I would. Because I would, you advocated I, for that earlier that we should discriminate by race when it benefits that, the like, people that you want to paternalize. I'm curious. Do you think that like uh, passing policies that disproportionately help black people to like? Do you think that's discriminating based on race in the way that you would define it? That you're trying. That to is discriminating based on race. Period. So, yes. If you are making no, 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 race conscious decisions, you are discriminating based on. Society is discriminating based on race. Race is being opposed upon people. That's what you have to remember. Race. No, no. He's saying that have the effect without the intent. To have the effect without the intent. Like if just coincidentally, it, it ended Wait, up. Wait, are you that. asking that if, if if someone discriminates on the basis of race, are they really discriminating they, on the basis? Or of are race? Or are you conflating <laughs> other that, variables of race again, oh, like the definition like, of critical race? Discriminating on the basis of race in his head, he wants you to think calling someone the N word, calling uh, like using cracker with a hard R over here. That's what discrimination he wants you to think. But like helping, uh, like uh, in implementing policies that increase the uh, access to education, the quality of education that we get in predominantly black districts. Black people ha live in uh, much higher rates of concentrated poverty than do white people. And so if we pass policies that disproportionately help people who live in concentrated areas of poverty, I think that's a good thing. We're helping some of like, the most vulnerable people in so society. So who are you and discriminating it would against? Be discriminating because it would disproportionately help black people, but is that not a good thing? Nope. To answer your question, by the way, the policy I would implement is stop subsidizing single motherhood. It has been Correct. a disaster. Correct. If you subsidize something, then you get more of it. I, you know, sorry, mom. If but... poor people had less money, it would be better. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 it's not about it's not about taking away money. Like that's 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 nonsensical. Oh, you're trying you're, you want to remove taking No, no, no. Money. You're trying to remove incentives. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So these outcomes are being produced because of poverty. So we should give them less money because at the end of the day, if they have to work harder, they'll just want to earn it more. And by virtue of that, they will then suddenly become successful. Again, it's it's unreal. It, it, it's that disassociation. The the causation does not the correlation does not equal causation problem that uh, AGW always has. So yeah, again, if we just gave single mothers less money, uh, we'd see better outcomes. That's just uh, that's just how it's going to work, you know. Meanwhile, let's keep giving all the welfare to corporations. Let's make sure corporations are getting as many subsidies as they can, as many tax exemptions as they can. Foster that. That'll continue to get the outcomes that we're looking for. You know. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically, thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there twitter.com slash the surfs tv for example 
It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we will build a ladder to heaven to deliver you the daily news. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are your most humble of clownish jesters. To our lords, Trevor R. and Alexander Thaler, you have our undying fealty. To our knights of the round table, Nate, that one guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariana McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Ants are still running the world, Coulter Smith, Tom Grow, Val 9000, Jenna Tal, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Riley and Anna, Omni, Poodlehawk. The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Chronic to Hemphog, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Cheringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We shall meet you in the tavern, and we raise a drink, and we salute you. 